Before we get started this week, I just wanted to say congratulations to Lewis Hamilton for his 92nd Grand Prix win. That's the most Grand Prix wins of any driver ever, basically. Smashed it. Yes, right. More than Michael Schumacher. And uh, I think he's, uh, even though Michael Schumacher still holds the most championships on seven, Hamilton's on six, and I think he's well on, the, well on his way to smashing that as well. Yeah. So big respect, enough respect going out to Lewis Hamilton. I remember when that Schumacher record was set, we really didn't think anyone was going to come anywhere near it. Because back then, if you were a good driver, you won one championship. And if you're really good, you may be one too. But uh, no, Hamilton's showing us all how it's done. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to recognise that achievement. Yeah, no, big, big stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it is 28th of October 2020. It is FPL Bros episode 7. Sorry, episode 32. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going back in time for? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Are we all ready to do this? I'm ready. Today's just you and I. You and I. Okay, so it's just the two of us. To get started, quick review, as painful as it is, over the scores in game week six. Do you want to go first? Yeah, painful, painful, painful review. <laughs> I mean, this is probably one of the worst game weeks I've had in a long time in fantasy football. I, um, I finished the game week with 38 points, which is pants, you know. My saving grace was Kane as my captain. Everyone else got me two points, apart from my keeper. And some by pure luck, by pure luck, um, Sias was taken off before Wolves conceded. So l- literally only three players returned and one of them was pure luck. So... Yeah, terrible game week. Need to do better next game week. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, a stinker. Uh, I finished on 42 points. Average was 48. So a nice big fat red arrow. And <laughs> uh, obviously I had Son and Kane, but I, everybody else, well, most else did nothing. Alien got his clean sheet, which frankly I wasn't expecting. So. Yeah, Wan-Bissaka got a clean sheet, which I kind of thought would happen. Uh, Just a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah, but he's on my bench. So I'm I'm sitting at uh, 290k uh, right now. And, That's not bad. Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, considering in game week two, I was at 40k. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a gut punch, but onwards and upwards. I know it's a cliche, but I know a lot of people didn't have such a good game week I think the Salah captaincy was very disappointing because you know first of all he had that goal with the Trent assist uh, which was offside and then he hit the post and then another day that could have been two goals and I wouldn't have worried about all the rest of it yeah um, I'm not going to complain too much so do you want to get straight into the the meaty stuff let's go straight into the meaty stuff 
Okay, then. Well, uh, the one topic that I brought up is, you see, we ha- we asked the hard-hitting questions here. There's no hiding, no punches being pulled. Everton, is it time to dump them? And if so, who are you going to bring in to replace? W- what do you think? I don't think it's time to dump them just yet, just because, obviously, that game was tough for them. Southampton really played a, a deep line. They didn't really give Everton a chance to do what they need to do, and they held the ball a lot. I watched the game, and I don't think it's time to dump them yet. I think they just had one of those games. You know what I mean, every team's had it so far this season, and I think that was their turn to have it. Mm. I think still have faith. They've still got some good fixtures coming up. But I think it might be a case of just holding on to them but mm-hmm. maybe only having one moving forward because there are a lot of teams who are going to have better fixtures such as Spurs, such as um, United from game week nine onwards, um, you know, so on and so forth. So maybe just like keep an eye on your assets and maybe start saving up three transfers, but not, I wouldn't dump, dump them just yet. See, I was all ready to rip them to shreds, you know, and if everyone is out there and they do want to dump them, I'm, I'm still going to say... I wouldn't stop you. The reason why I'm very concerned about Everton, um, I mean, obviously, I saw I saw a lot of that game as well, and I just thought that Southampton ran it. They completely mm. ran that game, and it had me scratching my head a little bit because I know that Hazelhutel's a good manager, but is he really better than Champions League winning and multiple, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, league winning in Italy, Spain, and England, Ancelotti? I, I was not expecting that, you know, yeah. I at least thought that Everton would score. But what concerns me is that Rodriguez is kind of 50-50 at the moment. They don't have Richarlison. They're going to be without Dean for a game. Who else is missing? Yeah, Seamus Coleman as well. And it just kind of, I think we got a glimpse of what happens when two or three of their really important players are missing and they can't really replace them. And as far as I'm concerned, unless they get the full squad back, uh, i.e. Richarlison, Dean, Coleman, uh, yeah. you know, for example, the thing about um, DCL is that so far this season, he's literally just been getting on the end of things, which is fine if people are giving you the ammunition. But in the Southampton game, nobody was giving him any service at all and he couldn't do anything. He's not Kane, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But... You have to remember that was just one game, and I think you have to remember. You have to also consider how he start performed since the start of the of the league, scored mm. in every single game, and yeah, to have one game where he doesn't score, I don't think it's time to ditch. I think yeah. it's probably worth sitting on our hands and waiting a bit longer. And yeah, you're right. Like he does need that service. Yeah. If he doesn't get that service, he can't really make something out of nothing. No. So, yeah. That's, that's okay. Fair enough. Again, you're just too reasonable for me, Derek. The idea of keeping <laughs> is, is appealing. I mean, I would say watch and see what happens against Newcastle because then we'll really know whether they need everybody there or not. After right. that, it's United. And if you want to dump them by then, by all means, do so. But then after Man United, they've got Fulham, Leeds and Burnley. Leeds will certainly give them a game and they might even keep a clean sheet, but they're still a championship team. Burnley, again... They may be resurgent, but they're at the near the foot of the table for a reason. But I think Everton can certainly get something against Fulham. So you might want to keep them for that just that, that run, game week 9 to 11. But, you know, again, 
you know, you, you look at Calvert-Lewin, you might think you might want to bring in Jimenez, you might want to bring in Ings, you know, uh, <laughs> you look at Rodriguez, uh, you might think, uh, you know, is it maybe time to trade up to Sterling or maybe trade down to Foden or, or you know, or maybe go back to De Bruyne uh, or even Fernandez. That's, that's all I'm saying. You know, you, you've done a good job of calming me down because I I was spinning feathers with that Southampton Everton game. I really was. And and I mean, James Ward-Prowse, when does he ever score? I know. James <laughs> Ward-Prowse, honestly, he had a he had a brilliant chance when he got, got the ball dinked through to him and he just like, he just missed out massively. Uh, uh, okay. Um. So, so yeah, I think that that's a, that's a that's a fairly reasonable take. You've you've given it a reasonable take there. So fair play to you, Derek. I can't really argue with that too much. You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. Okay. What? Well, anything would you else? say? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say just from the results last week. Would you say Leeds are the real deal now? Ah, uh, I do you know what I'm going to say yes because I think that because of Bielsa basically the thing is the guy has shown that he knows how to manage why shouldn't why should we doubt him True. and uh, I'm going to say that I I'm sorely tempted like Bamford I really am I am uh, as well yeah I mean Again, we know last season in the championship he was incredibly wasteful and we know the last time he was in the Premier League with Riddlesborough he did next to nothing and so far his career has been extremely disappointing but the fact is Leeds are creating chances for him Bielsa knows how to get the best out of him and the rest of the team plus Bielsa doesn't really like to rotate even though he's got Rodrigo there he's going to be playing Bamford more often than not and sometimes you've just got to do what's obvious. The guy scoring goals, I mean, um, what's he on? Like, what, is it four or five? Will we possibly even six? Yeah. I think yeah. About, about six, yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously he's not going to score, like, every game. And he might not even return every game. But at the end of the day, he's what, like, six million? Five point eight. Yeah. You, you, so you get what you pay for. And, yeah. Uh, Mitrovic, he's, I'm starting to get confused about him. I mean, he's getting Mitrovic is so unlucky. He needs to be doing more, honestly. It's a tough choice. It's a tough choice because he is getting chances and he is on penalties. But yeah. is he going through one of those phases where he just can't hit a barn door? I don't yeah. know. Things, isn't it? Actually, yeah, you're one... right. I mean, <laughs> it's it's one of those things we have to weigh it up. Do you take a risk with Mitro, knowing that he's proven and he can score those goals and he is getting the chances, or do you just go for Bamford, who is scoring those chances and this team are flying? It's one of those hmm. things. Yeah, I, it just seems really obvious to me right now. You know, I don't want to overthink it too much, but I will say one thing about Fulham: uh, Lookman, Adamola Lookman. Yeah. Every time seen him he's looked electrifying and yeah. he's so direct and he's making stuff happen you know it doesn't necessarily come off but he looks like an asset to me mm-hmm. Lookman's always been a good player he just needs to maybe start getting involved a bit more in in the goals when the goals do come <laughs> yeah. but yeah he's, yeah, he's always been he's... a good player for um played for the England under 19s or something I believe as well when yeah. I first saw him yeah 
Yeah. It's funny, really, when you think about it, because I remember when he was at Everton, it was him, DCL, Tom Davis and Mason Holgate. And they were like the four young, you know, yeah. like young academy products who were, who were well, not academy products, but like like youth players in the team who were, they were good, like the, the next generation of Everton stars. That's what yeah. they were supposed to be. Obviously, with DCL, it's it's finally looking like it's working out for him. Tom Davis has, has been a first team player more or less ever since mm. then as well. Holgate. Yeah, you know, he's still not really cemented a place in that team. But then they shipped Lookman on. But, um, you know, they obviously they had potential. And in his case, I think it's been realised. Obviously, the problem with him is that he's at Fulham. And for all his hard running and his trickery and, you know, uh, <laughs> and, his, and his directness, with you know, with Fulham, he's, he's, a lot of it, to, it just, it's just, uh, it's all for nothing. Yeah, which which is what makes it difficult, you know. But is he going to be like their Zaha, if anything, or their Grealish? Basically, if anything good happens at Fulham, is it going to go through him? I think I think that may prove to be the case. Yeah, Yeah. keep an eye on him though. See how he progresses. Hopefully, starts getting more involved. I think so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. A couple more, one or two more shock results or surprising results I just want to discuss. West Ham City. Um, are City tired? What's happening? Are West Ham actually really solid? Because that game was just one-sided, but all West Ham needed was one chance. And Antonio's scissor kick was brilliant goal, actually. It was absolutely, I mean, he completely nailed it. And uh, I can't remember who it was who was marking him at the time. It may... Well, of been Diaz, but he was probably thinking, what the yeah. hell just happened? What was, was this guy doing? Yeah, exactly. I, I was not only was I marking him, I had my hands around him. And he still scored. You're right. It was a shocking result. And it's, it's a really tough one to call. See, the thing about West Ham, and if James were here, he's, he says this all the time, is that generally speaking, they're regarded as incredibly inconsistent. And you mm-hmm. think, they put one or two solid performances together and you think, all right, they're the real deal. And then in the next game, they just fall to pieces. And the thing is, I've actually owned Antonio several times in the past uh, when he's yeah. been looking good. And he usually does look good because he's a big, strong player. You know, he yeah. hustles and bustles, you know, pretty much up front for West Ham and he gets the odd goal. So I've always liked the look of him. But uh, at times, there's times when I've owned him and he's gone six or seven games without doing anything. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's frustrating. Very, yeah. Towards the end of the restart period, I was very reluctant to get him in because everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, Tony. And I was like, yeah, you just wait. You know, and Tony will disappear. <laughs> well, well, wait, a hat trick. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, no, four goals. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, I, it's just that thing that we all get in FPL where we get burnt by players so much. That even when people are like, oh, you've got to get on him. You've got to jump on this guy. You just think, nope, I'm not making that mistake again. And that's how it is with me and Antonio, basically. Yeah, yeah. no, I know what you mean. Well, we'll see. We'll see how he keeps going. He's got a bit of a knock at the moment, so he's injured, isn't he? But um, Yeah, and there are a lot of rumours flying around that it might be for quite some time. Oh, really? Yeah, um, and nobody can quite... Nobody knows quite what the prognosis is, but... The, the, there is a rumour that it might be a good two or three weeks before he's back. It's still not confirmed. Well, well 
No, um, comes back soon, but hmm? hopefully it's after the Liverpool game. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah. In fact, speak, speaking of Liverpool, there's hmm. been an awful lot of chatter about the dumping their defence. Did you have a view on that at all? Yeah, I did. I do think it is just. I mean, when you've got premium defenders costing seven million plus and they're not getting clean sheets or assists, it must be so frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. I think Robertson has had a better season so far than Trent, but Trent did look good in the midweek Champions League game. He looked like he is going back to his old Trent self, and it's only a matter of time before that ball comes in and gets headed in or touched in. Um, in his last game, which he had against Sheffield, he delivered a brilliant ball to Salah, who controlled it with his left foot and then just dinked it in. But it was classed as an offside goal. Yeah. Uh, so I think he is coming. His time is coming. Um, in light of the fixture they have next, I would probably hold them for one more week. But then I personally will probably start ditching or downgrading because... The fixtures they do have coming up, I, I don't see them cl- keeping clean sheets. No. Um, it's tough fixtures. They've got Leicester and then City, Manchester mm-hmm. City, and then they've got Leicester. Um, they've got Brighton away, which is not oh, is not ideal at all. Then they've got Wolves, and I think the only easy fixture they've got there is Fulham. Then they've got Tottenham. So yeah. they haven't really got that many easy fixtures coming up. So I probably might start looking at some of the other teams, such as um, Leeds, and well, probably actually not Leeds, maybe um, West Ham or even Aston Villa because they have better fixtures coming up. Even Palace, they've got some good fixtures coming up. So yeah, yeah. Um, Palace are on a good run at the moment. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money to have tied up. Most expensive defenders in the game, n- yeah. no question. And I would not blame anybody for uh, hitting the eject button. I seriously wouldn't. You know, obviously, the question I always ask people is, well, who are you going to bring in for him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you could look at Lamptey, I suppose. You could look at Chilwell. He seems to be doing well at the moment. Uh, yes. I, I, um, obviously, Saiz as well, perhaps. You know, and then if you want to go down a bit more, maybe Walker Peters. So there, there are a couple of options, and all of them which would save you quite a packet. You know, I was going to say Regrinon, but um, it looks like, as I predicted, that Mourinho is doing the old rotation there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that must have killed some people. A lot of people brought him brought him in, didn't they, yeah. before the the Burnley game, and he doesn't play at all, a single minute. And they can't have to clean shoot. So cheeky. <laughs> That's how it goes, my man. That is how it goes. You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. One more thing before maybe we start looking at some of the games coming up this week. Um, oh. Keepers. Now, I know we've just talked about defensive players. And maybe actually, maybe we might just have a quick chat about some of the other positions. We might as well. We've got a little bit of time today since it's just us two. Um, what are your thoughts on the keepers at the moment? I think there's pretty much three value for money keepers in, in the league right now. Um, the first one is McCarthy from Southampton. Yeah. Um, pretty. Yeah. And the, the second one is Fabianski from um, West Ham. And obviously the, the third one is Martinez from Aston Villa. So, yeah, between those three, which ones are you more inclined to go towards and why? OK, well, uh, first of all, Martinez, uh, because 
Villa uh, have, have got one of the best defences in, in the league so far. And even though his price is rising and he may well hit five million in the next couple of weeks, if you can get him for less than that, you might as well. And uh, I wish I'd bought him in earlier and I'm looking yes. at ways to bring him in. McCarthy, yeah. uh, he's always fairly reliable. Again, he's, it's value with him. Is he 4.5 still? Um, he is 4.5 still. Yeah. And then, again, like I said, even though Southampton took that smashing from Spurs, Hazelhutu's a good manager. They know how to defend. If their press works, then the opposition doesn't get anywhere near their goal or they're limited to, to really poor or long-distance shots. And he's shown in the past that he can keep clean sheets. Yeah. I still need some convincing with Fabianski. As I mentioned before, I'm still not sure about West Ham because we, we've been waiting so long for them to show consistency. And every time we think they've got it, it just kind of falls apart. And yeah. I really, I mean, apart from the fact that Moyes is good at organising his team and his defence in particular, I haven't really seen anything to indicate to me why West Ham should be a better team now than they have been in the past. I'm really yeah. not sure why that would be. So I would still be very cautious about Fabianski. I mean, he's a good keeper, don't get me wrong, and he served me well in the past. But I think this season they put him up to five million. Let me just Yeah, he's a five now. Yes. <laughs> I, don't I mean, what was that four point five was probably worth it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm I can be quite stubborn when it comes to certain players. And if you are going to go for Fabianski, I would seriously look at saving lots of money somewhere else. And, you know, yeah. perhaps just having a row of 4.5 defenders, for example. Cool. Uh, but, but yeah, but that's just me. No, I think that's a very good justification as to who you'd go for and why. And I think, yeah, that's actually going to prove helpful for anyone listening. So, yeah, thanks for going through that. No problem. Um, You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. We had obviously a few midweek games, like I mentioned. You had the Liverpool game where they did a bit of rotation, so they started Jota, who's looking quite good. But it's true. What's actually made me excited has been the games which have been played today. So today we had the Champions League games, and for those who may have seen the results, Chelsea and United won convincingly. Yes. Now, out of those two wins, we had a certain Marcus Rashford score a hat-trick, and a certain Martial step up and take penalty. Interesting. (laughs) That was very, very interesting. (laughs) But we also had Jorginho miss a penalty for Chelsea, who Mm. won 4-0 convincingly. Bernard stepped up and took a penalty and scored. Interesting. More interesting, yeah. (laughs) But just to add fuel to the fire, Pulisic came on and scored. So, right now, we all know that where you want to really invest players is midfield because midfielders are scoring a lot of goals this season. What are your thoughts? Who are the key template players we kind of need to start looking at that we haven't already been mentioned? So ignore your Salas and your Sons. Mm. Is there anyone else that we should be kind of considering now? Maybe Ziek or Pulisic or even Rashford? OK, well, first of all, I have to say Rashford. I like the look of Rashford a lot. Mm. To me, he just looks like an informed player. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a lot going on with him off the pitch and people might have thought or suspected, you know, 
rightly or wrongly that it might have distracted him but if anything seems to make him even more determined i've noticed it looks like he's got a real point to prove uh when he's on the pitch he literally does his thing he pulls out all the tricks he's sending people all over the park like it's just embarrassing sending them to get ice creams newspapers (laughs) (laughs) then he bangs it in like it ain't no thing yeah, he's not even concerned about celebrating because he's like, yeah, I'm a professional. This Just is another one. I, yeah. Um, so I, he's looking really good to me uh, because That's it's great. all coming together for him. Pulisic, uh, you know, if you want to take a punt on that guy, fair enough. But I'm just so worried about how everybody's supposed to fit in with Frank Lampard, especially when it comes back to the Premier League fixtures for example we know how keen he is on mason mount so if he's going to play Werner, ziegesh yeah mason mount havertz pulisic hotton adoy also gets to look in every now and, and again you've got Giroud just sitting there going hey what about me i i, I scored goals for you last season like <laughs> then you've got abraham looking he's never got so many options he's got so yeah. many options it's ridiculous he, he could make worry. two teams. He could actually make two strong teams right now. Good. And so the problem you've got there with Chelsea is it's that you know that uh, old cliche. You've got to pick the players who are nailed. Who is really nailed? Werner, obviously, but you know he's yeah. a lot of money. And if you have Werner and say Kane, for example, you might struggle to get into decent midfielders. So that that's my, those are my thoughts there. Plus, um, who was it that Chelsea just played? Was it is it Krasnador? Is that how you pronounce Krasnador. it? <laughs> yeah. Who the hell cares, frankly? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What impressed me about Man United's win is that they, they gave uh, RB Leipzig a smackdown. And yeah, they're Leipzig top of the good Bundesliga. Team. Yeah, top of the Bundesliga. Made it to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season, albeit... Are it was top a- of the Bundesliga. Yeah. Not only are they top of the Bundesliga, they've only conceded three goals... Yeah. So yeah, I mean they've got that kid Upamecano. Is it Upa Upa Upa? I could say it last <laughs> during um, the song. I could say, but I think you know who I mean. And yeah, um, I do know yeah, who you mean. Yeah, Upamecano. Yeah, it's Upamecano. Yeah, that's right. There's quality all over the pitch with Leipzig. So for for Man United to do what they did, that impresses me all, all the more. And Rashford, he is. Like the lights are just popping off all around him right now for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. And not to mention, for those who don't know and didn't watch the game, Rashford didn't start and you know score early, and but he came on after yeah, yeah, sixty yeah. something minutes. Exactly, he was a sub. <laughs> Man United were winning two nil convincingly, right? No, one nil. Mm. Sorry, one nil. Rashford came on and just banged three and just four. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's a shame Jamie isn't on today because I would have loved to hear what he'd have to say about yeah. their game against Arsenal. Not only is Rafford looking like he's ready to kill a man, but they're going to have to rely on Mustafi. Arsenal going to have to rely on Mustafi. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't even get it out. It's just oh, so like. You know, it looks on paper, it looks like a massacre. But again, with the kind of season we're having, 
it doesn't pay to be you know to, to say anything to foregone conclusion but you know i think i think jay may have gone a little bit quiet when he comes to say how, how do you how do you think that's gonna go uh who knows <laughs> yeah cool all right I think I'm gonna move it on there if you're happy to. Yeah. Maybe start looking at some of the upcoming fixtures this Friday and onwards. Okay. Yes, weekend kicks off on Friday. So over yep. to you, my man. Cool. So it's going to be a week where I think defenses are going to be tired for teams who have played midweek and some players who have been playing non-stop in and out are going to be more tired. So I think people should keep that in mind. We've got players like Sterling, who haven't really had much of a break. They've just been playing 90 minutes back and forth. And I think there are some defenders who have been playing throughout the midweek as well, who have been playing on the weekends as well. So they might be tired. So there were actually six clean sheets last weekend. I think that's the most we've had, isn't it? Because I think prior to that, it was like four was the most. Well, for if that, yeah. So, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, no, that's definitely a shout actually. And they had Champions League games last week as well, didn't they? They did. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> well, let's see how many clean sheets we have managed to have this week. But I don't expect many, considering the fixtures we have. It looks quite competitive this week. And actually, before I would have said, okay. The convincing wins I can see coming this week are, for example, City, Liverpool. But now I just don't know. Honestly, mm. I'm just, I'm. This season has taught me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's taught me that we're all. Yeah, definitely this season it is quite open. So, all right, let's kick off with some of the interesting games that we've got. So, do you wanna? I'm happy for you to pick them out. The fixtures. All right, cool. All right, I'll pick up the first one. So let's start with Friday's game. You've got okay. a Wolves side who haven't actually lost in a while, but are not scoring as many goals as they possibly could. You know, the last three games, I think, they've only scored one goal. And then prior to that, they lost to West Ham. Yeah. So they're not scoring a lot of goals. I think the most goals they've scored this season has been two goals, and that was against Sheffield. Apart from that, they've only scored one goal. So they're not... The Wolves that we knew last season where they were going goals for fun and they've got the quality, but I don't know what's happening. So what do you think when they come against this quite organised Crystal Palace side? What do you think happening? I'm actually going to overthink this one. Crystal Palace, when they played Brighton, they basically put 10 men behind the ball uh, Mm -hmm. because Brighton are an attacking free-throwing team. Whereas Wolves are more of a counter-attacking team. So Crystal Palace might want to actually give it a go. And for that reason, I don't think either team is going to keep a clean sheet. Palace may nick it, but Wolves generally are a good side. So I don't Mm. really want to say they're going to lose. So I'm going for a score draw here. (laughs) A a completely elaborate and I think (laughs) over-the-top analysis from me there. But I don't blame that. I don't blame that. I think I think a score draw as well. No, no, sorry. I think a no score draw. Oh. Because I think the opposite from you. I think Wolves have always been cautious in the first half. And I think it's a, it's a tactic. And I think we've been hearing a lot about it. In the first half, they don't really go for it. They just try and see how the team plays. Okay. Now, Palace 
are going to shut this game down. They're just gonna they're gonna go for the draw. I, I just know they are. They they have no reason to try and edge for the win. They uh-huh. they would be happy with the draw. And if they can, they'll try and get Wolves on the counter attack using real Wilford Sahar. So what mm-hmm. you said about Wolves being a counter attacking team, mm-hmm. I think Palace is the same. Okay. And Wolves are very cautious. So if Palace don't get a chance to counter attack and Wolves don't get a chance to counter attack because Palace are sitting back, it's just gonna be a boring game. Literally. <laughs> This is not a game I'm going to watch. I'm just going to see Sorry. what the scores are after. But imagine, this is how we're supposed to kick off our weekend. And <laughs> like, oh, Wolves be Palace, come on in. Nah, you're all right, mate. I'm going to stay out here. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> all right, yeah. That's, that's my observation of that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so the next one you want to look at? So the next one I want to look at is one which you wouldn't usually hear me questioning, but in light of recent events, <laughs> what do we think about Sheffield United versus City? <sighs> OK, I won't deny that it's kind of a tough one to call tougher than it that has been in the past. Mm. Obviously, Aguero's back out again. Yep. Man City... Uh, on paper, it looks like a Man City win because Sheffield United have just had an atrocious start to the season. I think what we've had five games and they've picked up one point. And Man City, I, I mean, I think that uh, win that they had midweek, I can't remember who it was against. That, um, Marseille. Yeah. Yeah, again, Marseille, not a bad side. I think that might have buoyed them a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about De Bruyne being back. And Foden, people seem to think that he's clicking, you know, and, and Sterling is just Sterling. He's, he's doing his, his job. And, and I just want to cite to say that he's also somebody who's tempting me at the moment, despite his price. Mm. So I'm going to say I am going to go for a laboured, a laboured Man City win, <laughs> probably like one nil to City. I can imagine that. I can imagine that one nil win to City. But I think they're going to really have to work hard to get that win mm. um, at home Sheffield don't concede much oh okay they really don't and with a City side who just played midweek and they've got another game on Saturday yeah I don't think it'd be that easy but once again they are in good form you know they did better that team they played Sterling scored he looked yeah. good right Foden is clicking more into the team and KDB is back so you know when they've got him goals are imminent but Sheffield are a hard team to break down and they were last year and I know obviously they've lost Henderson but I think at home against City for some reason teams do like to turn up against the bigger ones don't they they like to kind of show off and try harder (laughs) (laughs) with the season we're having this might be the one where Chris Wilder like sticks his two fingers up at everybody just goes yeah "Yeah, see told you I told you we did it (laughs) <laughs> that's my terrible Yorkshire accent anyway oh. <laughs> anyway yeah cool fair enough yeah I'm not going to look at the other games on that day sure just because I think we've kind of touched upon the Liverpool one a little bit yeah but I might come back to it looking at Sunday we have got some interesting games so I'll start with Newcastle Everton. Wow. I mean, the thing is, generally speaking, people usually expect Newcastle to lose. 
But um, again, Steve Bruce is, is like uh, like David Moyes and like Roy Hodgson. He knows how to poop a party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and with Everton, I, I really don't like them with, without uh, their key players. And I, this is not to like do down Ancelotti, but, you know, there's only so much you can do when you, you're relying on Alex Iwobi. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, okay, that was harsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it uh, makes a difference though. It yeah, it's a difference. And and Newcastle are more attacking this season. It's true. It's true. Uh, Saint Maximum's looking especially dangerous. Definitely. Uh, and obviously they've got um, Fraser and they've got Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. So. Um, Here's here's what I think. I I think Newcastle are capable of scoring in this game, and I think they will score. In fact, mm. yeah, that's that's made up my mind for me. I'm going to go for a one all here. Hmm. Interesting. I'm concerned for Everton. I really am. I see goals. Ah. I see more than I, I see more than one all. Oh. I see probably a two all. Okay. Mm. See what happens. Yeah. But yeah. We'll... I definitely see goals in this game. Okay. Uh, Everton are definitely looking to be the, the leaky type of team and Newcastle will most likely concede as well and I just think it's going to be whoever scores the other one to win but yeah I see goals for me cool. okay the big game on Saturday United Arsenal talk to yeah. me see if you had asked me what this score was going to be <laughs> like yesterday <laughs> I, I... I would have, I probably would have said maybe a one nil to Man United because I still have faith in the Arsenal defence and even though I don't know when their clean sheet is coming, it's coming. I'm telling you, man, it's coming, and I'm all over Bellerin. However, now that Rashford has shown that he's not playing anymore, he ain't playing. I think he pictures Boris Johnson in the goal every time he steps up. <laughs> I'm worried for Arsenal. I really am. And Greenwood's back. You know, he's back with a bang. You know, Bruno Fernandes was rested. Mm, Oh yeah. And despite um, Cavani being um, older than my granddad, uh, (laughs) kind of dangerous. Yeah. And maybe Arsenal will get something from this game. But uh, I, I'm I'm seeing at least two goals for for Man United. They they really look like they're ready. Obviously, you can talk about Europe, and some teams do well in Europe, and they just can't bring it to the Premier League. But Man United, perhaps they've gotten to that stage where they really do want to show show the Premier League that they uh they're they're there or thereabouts. So maybe a two one, perhaps possibly a three one. I'm going with a two one for United. Two one mm. United win. Considering the way Arsenal played against Leicester, I I just I just don't have much faith in them to win this game. The defence is a shambles, it's a joke. They have no creative player in the midfield who can really push the ball forward. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to just be relying on Aubameyang to try and get a goal for them. Yeah. And I think that's not going to work against United if they can just if they manage clamp. Aubameyang down, Arsenal don't stand a chance. Yeah. Whereas with United, you, they don't have that key man dependency like Arsenal do. They've yeah. got Rashford, they've yeah. got Martial who's back, they've got Greenwood who's ready to bang in 
with both feet, then you've got the dangers of the guys in the midfield. You've got your Pogbers, you've got your Hernandez. You know, it's it's really dangerous game for for Arsenal this game coming up. So well, I see, I, I see. Just you know, point out that uh, Martial will still be suspended for that game. Oh, will he? Yeah, because he got uh, three it was a three match ban, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a, it was a three match ban for wiping a, a smudge of dirt off and was it Lamella's face? Lamella's. Um, the one I'll never forget it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean the the thing is right. Uh, you're right. A lot of the time Arsenal do have to rely on Aubameyang, and even though he's been quiet for the past like three or four games, you know he he's still you know the man, isn't he? And he can still do it, and he's still capable of even getting a couple of goals a game. Like it wasn't a problem for him like during the restart period. Yeah. He, oh, however, he will be up against Wan-Bissaka, who I still think is the best tackler. Uh, in, in United defence. Yeah, he's solid. He is. And, yeah, you're right. And, and Arsenal, they didn't offer much going forward at all versus mm. Leicester. It was painful watching Sorry. them try to attack. <laughs> I'm not going to be too down on their defence because Leicester did to Arsenal what they pretty much do to everyone, really, yeah. didn't. They just sat back. Vardy made the run. A couple of other people make a run. They punt it forward, and you're gone. It's dead. Vardy only needs one shot to, you know, to take away your clean sheet. Having said that, it's Mustafi. It's in there, and it's. Uh, I can't see the defending being any better than it was. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <sighs> Final game. Okay. Leeds versus Leicester. Ooh. <laughs> do you know what i'm going to give this one to leeds yeah yeah because do you know what it's funny but brendan rogers we've been here with him before isn't it you know mm-hmm. he gets the team together it's all going really well and everybody mm-hmm. gets starts getting super excited and then <laughs> for some reason you can't push them over the finish line and then everything just starts to fall apart and uh, people were like, yeah, we were wrong about you. <laughs> it's, and, and plus, I rate Bielsa as a manager. I mean, the, what more does Bielsa have to do to show us that he can can manage a team well? Leeds have got no problem scoring goals. That's not no, a problem. Don't. But they do concede a lot of goals. Yeah, it's true. They do. Although their last game was a clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, and then... Leicester, I think they're just too inconsistent at the moment. You know, it's not really working out for them. Um, you know, we all thought they were going to kick on because they didn't have Europe. Um, but it's it's just, it's just not working out for them. And, you know, they're still missing Soyuncu, I think. And, um, you know, that guy Castagna, he's OK, but he's not chill well. And, you know, I mean, Vardy is back. He may well start the game I mean if he's fully fit he will start I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> there's no way he's sitting on the bench if he's fully fit uh Harvey Barnes has been disappointing though because he's done nothing for five games has he hasn't he so I'm, I'm yeah I'm, gi- I'm giving this one to Leeds they may Leeds concede, they may not but I I don't think that I can I can see them beating Leicester I, I'm going with Leicester <laughs> yeah and not only am I going to go with Leicester I'm going with Leicester to win to nil. Oh, what's all this? Let's just say I've just, I've got a feeling, right? Okay. I've got a feeling that Leicester, Brendan's going to have a plan. Brendan's seen how Leeds play. You have to remember, Brendan doesn't go into games empty-handed. No. 
and Brendan has seen what Leeds can do. He's seen what they've done to City. He's seen what they've done to Liverpool. He's seen what they did to Villa. Yeah. Brendan is going to find a way to counter-attack against Leeds because that's the only way you can win against these guys, counter-attacking against them. That's first so. And who best to score from counter-attacking play than Vardy? True. And I think Leicester are going to go in there with a great game plan and are going to smash the hell out of Leeds. And one more thing which makes me so confident about this is Leicester's performance against City. Oh, yeah. The way that Vardy played against City was incredible. And that's exactly what he's going to do against Leeds. They played Vardy as Vardy plays, running from like diagonal runs. And the defenders just couldn't keep up with him. Yeah. And they just sat deep. And they just kept playing the ball to Vardy. Just kept playing the ball to Vardy. Until eventually, because they're, sorry, they're playing high, and then eventually the defence dropped deep, which then let Leicester start passing the ball around and doing set-up plays, passing the ball around, passing the ball around. And that's what Madison got his brilliant goal. And yeah, honestly, I think you'd be shocked because Leicester are not going to go and play right into Leeds' hands. They're definitely going to make the game suit them. Mm. They're going to play a game to how they want. So that's... I think this is this is going to be a very interesting game. It can go either way. If if it is which which manager I think whichever manager brings it tactics wise has got the game. I have to say I'm leaning towards Bielsa, but I can yeah. understand why you'd lean towards Rogers, you know, because he does he does plan and prepare, it's true. Yeah. And yeah. you see when Liverpool played not Leeds, when Liverpool played Villa. Yeah. And just before Liverpool played Villa, Liverpool played Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool had a high line to stop Aubameyang. Yes. And it worked perfectly. And they yeah. interviewed um, Klopp and he spoke about it. And I think what <laughs> what Villa's manager had done, I can't remember right now who it is. He is must have taken team? notes. Yeah, he must have taken notes because when they played us, that high line failed so much because we yeah. they kept breaking through it. They, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Side. And that's yeah. how they scored quite a few of their goals. And we just couldn't stop them getting the ball to the left. Oh. It, it just, was ugly, super ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked perfectly against Arsenal, but it completely failed against um, Aston Villa. So it's just one of those things where if it works, then it's going to be another success. It's going to be another City-like game for um, Leicester. But if it fails, mm. oh, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> You've got me going now. Whatever happens now, I'd be very, very interested to see how this mm. play, game plays out. And I'm going to yeah. see how much of it I can catch. Yeah. All right, Ethan. Do you want to move on to player picks? Yeah, yeah, we can do player picks. Um, should we say two each? Okay, sure. Two, two to three each, if okay. you think of three. Uh, yeah, I actually have got three for a change. Oh, you go first then, sir. No problem. All right, I'm going to start with the obvious ones. And in fact, I've kind of cheated because I've already talked about these two guys. <laughs> So, yeah, number one, Rashford, like, yes. what more is there left to say? You know, mm. you know, he's doing the job. The job is done. Mr. Marcus Rashford. Number two, Patrick Bamford. You need Bamford. him in your life. Have yes. had a little bit of Patrick Bamford. He, the guy's got me eating my words. I, I used to be really down on him. In the same way, I used to be down on Grealish. But he's found a manager who's shown him the way. Now, the third pick is a very obscure one, and it's Kufal at West Ham. 
Mm. New right back. And even though uh, I don't entirely trust West Ham, this guy has had two assists in his last two games. So, you know, he's again, he's one of those modern fullbacks who's capable of getting you attacking returns. So what's not to like about that? Plus, I think he's 4.5 mil as well. Let me just have a quick check. Yes, he's 4.5. You know, so that's that's my third pick. I like that. I like that. I like those players that not everyone knows about. So that's a good shot. I'll keep an eye on him as well. What's his name? Kufal. Yeah, Vladimir Kufal. Hmm, interesting. Not heard about him till now. So yeah, thank you for dropping those gems. My pleasure. All right. So picks for me. It's a bit of a tough week, so I won't do three like you have. I'll only be able to do two. Mm-hmm. So the first one for me, and it's just going off what I just that conversation we just had is going to be Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Considering had the opportunity to rest midweek along with the fact that he came on and performed so well in the Arsenal game against the lead side who having had the best of games at home in terms of keeping a clean sheet um, in the last four games they haven't kept a clean sheet at home I think he could have a chance there and if they play their cards right I can see him scoring a couple of goals so yeah that's my first pick Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. my second pick now this is a tough one because it's a bit of a risk <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm going to go for it anyway. So obviously we, we know Frank's got quite a few options like NSG, but I'm going to go with Pulisic. Fair enough. Now, the reason I'm going with him is because Chelsea are playing a Burnley team who are having a mare this season. Mm. They've only got one point from all five games they've played which is almost as bad as Sheffield and Fulham who've only got one point from the last six games they've played and I could have gone for any Chelsea player I could have gone for Werner or Havertz for that matter but I think Pulisic is cheaper and he's come back and I think he's kind of got something to prove to make sure that Frank doesn't forget what he did there's a lot of competition in the team and sometimes when there's competition it makes players play harder and sometimes yeah. when there's not competition, it does make them complacent. And yeah. after his performance today, I do think Pulisic has got that fire in his heart and he's got that oomph in him right now to try and prove himself. And what better team to do it against than Burnley? So Pulisic yeah. is the second player pick. No, I can see that. Pulisic is a player. He, he likes to get involved. He likes to yeah. make things happen. So uh, with a little bit of motivation, uh, he, could, uh, he could be on fire. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good one. All right, then. All right. Well, I think uh, that's about it for this week. So many thanks to you, of course, for taking part in the pod. Uh, We've all got a lot on and I appreciate you being able to make time. Um, That's right. I'm very grateful. So, yeah, I think that's nothing else really left to say. Hope you guys listening you will have a good game week. If you're listening on the YouTube version, subscribe, give us a like, show some love. It's totally free. Yeah. Come on, guys. That's right. And if you subscribe, then you know when the next episodes are out. So if you um, don't subscribe, yeah. you're getting a red arrow. I'm just saying it now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's not playing. You know, we have an uncanny knack of making some good predictions on this show. So Honestly. don't fall on the bad side of our of our fortune telling abilities yeah, seriously yeah. 
thank you for tuning in and it's all that's left for me to say is goodbye peace out guys okay bye everyone <laughs>